You are listening to You Were Made for This, the podcast to help transform your relationships into the best they can be. Welcome to You Were Made for This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Hey, thank you, Carol. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 34, Raising Another Person's Child. A few weeks ago, a friend and listener to the podcast asked me in the lobby of our church, where do you get your ideas for your podcast? Others have asked me the same thing. For me, they come from being observant and curious about whatever God exposes me to. I look at ideas for the podcast and blog and emails as manna from heaven. God presents me with a circumstance, and I just try to be observant and curious about whatever stares me in the face or is dumped in my lap. There are things God presents to you, too, things he wants you to be curious about things that enrich your life if you're curious enough to look for it. Today's episode is about a chance relationship encounter that has enriched my life. Let me tell you what happened, because it may enrich your life too. I first met Stacy Brown Randall about a year and a half ago at a podcast training workshop. In between training sessions, we got to talking, and in passing, She just mentioned that she and her husband were raising their nephew. Hmm. This really piqued my curiosity. I told Stacy that my podcast was going to be about relationships, and it sounded interesting to me, her story of raising her nephew. And then I asked if she would be willing to be interviewed as a guest on my show. And she agreed. So here we are a year and a half later. I'll be uh, telling you a little bit more about Stacy at the end, um, but for now, uh, Stacy, I'd just like to turn it over to you, and if you could just uh, tell us about uh, the journey that you and your husband went on and are going on right now in raising uh, your nephew, Danny. Sure. So it's um, Danny is 11 years old. He will be 12 very soon. And we took custody of him when he was about seven and a half years old. So he Mm. is rising sixth grader at the time of this recording. And we got him when he was a rising second grader. So he's actually the same, pretty much the same age and in the same grade as our son. So Mm. I think that's been a unique um, part of our journey as well that we can talk a little bit about, you know, going from. Uh, I have a sister. Now I have a brother and a sister um, from that perspective, from our kids perspective. Um, But Danny is, um, he is an awesome kid. Um, That doesn't mean he's raising him as not without our, you know, without his struggles, but it was my husband's sister's um, son. And she just didn't make some of the best life choices for herself. And she wasn't in his life for his first five years. Actually, when Danny was born, we didn't know he existed. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, we first heard about Danny when my mother-in-law, um, my husband's mom, when she started receiving unpaid hospital bills for the birth of a child um, or her daughter. Whoa. Yes. So now I guess I need to give a little context, a little backstory to this as well. Um, my sister-in-law has two children. 
Um, the other one is actually our 22-year-old nephew who is just about to graduate from college and is awesome. And he actually was raised by his biological father and my mother-in-law. Um, so uh, unfortunately, <laughs> Danny isn't the first child um, to be abandoned um, by uh, his mom. Mm. But when we first heard about Danny, we knew that she had had another baby. We just didn't know anything about him. And we didn't know the gender. We didn't really know other than the hospital where we didn't know where she was. She was, she's not always local to where we are. Mm. And so we knew there was a child out there, but we didn't know anything about the baby. Um, and so, you know, life just kind of went on for five years after that. And we didn't really know, you know, much about anything because she was estranged from the family. She does make, I don't want to get into the complete and total details of her life, but she makes extremely poor choices and she is um, not healthy um, mm-hmm. and not always clean. And so um, she actually did at one point around the time that Danny was five. And so for his first five years, he kind of bounced from different home of where she would leave him, depending on what kind of state that she was in. Mm-hmm. And then, when he was five, she actually made a really courageous choice, um, and she got healthy, uh, clean and sober, to be able to take him in and start raising him. And so she had him when he was starting kindergarten um, through pretty much first grade, and then unfortunately was unable to not continue to keep up with him and mm-hmm. continue to raise him in the way that he deserved to be raised. And we kind of noticed that some things were changing, some things were happening. At this point, he's five, and we've met him. So we now, hey, we have another nephew, our kids have a cousin, and he's their age, or, you know, he's our son's age, our daughter's a little bit younger. And so there was like another kid to have around and to hang out. We would take him on spring break with us. He'd come oh. to the pool in the summer. Um, and so we always had a relationship with him. And then as that started to kind of continue through kindergarten and through first grade, towards the end of first grade, we realized maybe something isn't right. Um, by that summer before second grade, we realized that we didn't know where she was, which meant we didn't know where Danny was. So we were able to get in touch with her and we were able to find out where he was. Um, And, you know, Danny's mom may make a lot of what most people would say would be pretty terrible choices. Um, But at the end of the day, she does make good ones for Danny, which I think is a testament to to the type of mom she could be, um, just not the type of mom that she is. And so we reached out and we said, hey, can we just have Danny stay with us for the summer? We had no intentions of giving him back after that, knowing Mm. her history. Um, And she said, yes, that would be amazing. Thank you so much. So we took him in July. Um, Actually, tomorrow will be four years um, when Mm. we're doing this recording that we've had custody of him. And so we reached out and we brought him to live with us. It was, you know, we, the way we kind of talked about it was like, Hey, he's going to go to summer camp with you guys for the next couple of weeks. And he's just going to be here for the summer and it'll be really fun. And then school came around and we just enrolled him in school. And then we went through the court system to get, um, his name changed. And of course, then also, um, he did not have a name that represented either of his biological parents. So we made the decision to have his name changed and took custody of him. Um, obviously his, mother made another courageous choice and was like, yes, please take custody. Didn't fight us on it. So we took custody of him as he was starting second grade and now he's starting sixth grade and he's been with us ever since. Hmm. Where, where is uh, Danny's uh, father in all of this? We don't know. Hmm. So the only thing we've ever been told is it could be one of three different men and she's not sure who. Yeah, I see. Okay. How how has uh, the rest of your family, your extended family, uh, dealt with this? Accepted it or not accepted it? Has everyone been in, uh, on board as much as you and Norm have been with this? 
So, you know, it's interesting. I think that we never stopped long enough to ask, <laughs> like, how's everyone doing with this? And to be perfectly honest, and for those that know me really well, they'll be like, that's Stacy for you. We didn't really care. <laughs> the truth was he needed us and yeah. we were the best ones to provide um, this life for him. Now, I will tell you that my husband will tell you if you ask him, my husband will say, we never talked about this. Like I came home from a trip, re-realized we didn't know where Danny was and she was in rehab. And I said, we have to get him. And my husband was like, okay, fine, we'll get him. And then it just never, we just never gave him back. And my husband will tell you, we never talked about it. And my response to that is what was there to talk about? Yeah. Where else yeah. was he going to go if it wasn't with us? You're unfortunately, my husband's mother had already done this once before with another one of her children. And she's much older now. And she's like, I don't know if oh. I can do this again. Right. So oh. the other, other person who would raise their hand and be like, of course, right. Had already done it once and was yeah. still at that point, Danny's half brother was actually like, he had was just going off to college or hadn't yet gone off to college. Like she'd done this once she'd had our nephew or Danny's half brother um, since he was basically a baby. So, you know, she had like, it's, she had done it. I was like, who else is going to do it? And it's, yeah. it's our blood, right? It's our family. And I didn't, and, and to be honest, I really think that God kind of designed the decision-making mechanism within me that way, because I think if I had truly stopped and really thought about consequences, ramifications, what's this going to look like? What, how's it going to impact people? I think it would have given me enough pause that I could have made a different, a different decision. And I probably then would have lived with that type of regret, but it was just like, Hey, who else is going to do it? We're just going to do it. And then it was just like one thing kind of led to another, but I will tell you that when we did take custody of Danny, we had, my husband and I had two different focuses. I was focused on Danny and my husband was really focused on how is this going to impact our kids? And Uh specifically, because we have a son who is Danny's age. They are both, I mean, our son's a few months younger, but they are both in the same grade. They go to the same school. We have to make mm-hmm. sure they're not put in the same classrooms. Like we would do that if we had twins, but you know, people yeah. like, Oh, you have twins. I'm like, no, <laughs> not <Yeah>. exactly. <clears throat> and so kind of looking at how they manage um, their world from the, there's another kid in the family. There's another boy in the family. Our daughter Mackenzie just complained that he wasn't a girl. That's all she cared about. That's why don't I have a sister? Um, so I, I think in the beginning, we just didn't pay attention to it because I think in a, a monumental decision like that, yeah. if you think about it too long, you can come up with the 5,000 million reasons why maybe you shouldn't. And yeah. they'll all be good and intentioned. But the truth was, is that we were called and we were directed um, by God to take him. And so we did. And we thought maybe one day he would go back to live with his mom. That hasn't been the case, nor do we ever expect it to be the case now moving forward. Um, and then we just kind of started dealing with the situation that we had and, you know, and we did, you know, we probably should have had him in therapy sooner than we had him in, but, you know, so he did go through some therapy and stuff and started paying attention to who he was and what his needs were. Um, and it hasn't been easy. But it also hasn't been like so hard. We haven't been able to figure it out. And I, I, I think that's, that goes a lot to the fact is we have an extremely supportive family mm-hmm. and okay. we have huge hearted children who kind of understood even at when, let's see, uh, Danny was seven. We took custody of him, which means Jacob was almost turning seven and Mackenzie was five. And even at that age, they kind of got it. They kind of understood. They understand a lot more now about, um, family and what that means and opening your homes to them, even if it's inconvenient. Um, 
And I, yeah, I just think from that perspective, we didn't give it too much thought, but we are, I mean, this isn't, this isn't a fairy tale. Like it's yeah. not like everything's yeah. easy. Um, yeah. But you know, the one thing I like to tell people is when they ask a lot about like, what's it like with Danny? I was like, imagine knowing you're an amazing parent and mm-hmm. then getting another kid that makes you question everything oh, about my. that amazing parent that you know you are. Uh-huh. And it's this part of me where I have felt like at many times that I am being broken or shattered into a million different pieces. And very early on, that's how I would describe it. It's like being broken or shattered into a million different pieces. It just took some time for me to realize that being broken or shattered into those million pieces is actually so God can make something new. Yeah. Can you, can you give an example of that? Something that, that Danny did or said that, that, that uh, shattered you at, you know, in the very early stages, something that, um, that really um, was very difficult for you? So, you know, oh my gosh, there's so many. <laughs> Let's, let me pick one out. Uh, kind of make more sense. Um, in the beginning, it was my heartbreaking because he didn't really understand, mm. right? All that his mom had abandoned him and, he, and she didn't seem to love him and she didn't seem to be around. And so it was a lot of making him understand, you know, that she does love him, just not in the way that, you would see quote unquote normal families, right. Um, being their children. Um, and then they were, and then I've noticed that some of the stuff that's really challenged us is how we define common terms. Hmm. So Danny does not call us mom and dad. He does. He does call us aunt and uncle, but over time we have just gotten to the point of saying mom and dad. So like, if I'm talking about norm to Danny, I won't say uncle norm, Right. I'll just call him dad. Like, so, because we want him to understand that, you know, we are his parents. But I remember early on, we were at a baseball game and Danny um, and I, I don't remember. Oh, it was picture day for baseball season. And we were going to do something to get his picture taken or we were finishing up from his picture taken. And I remember telling him to do something and he like lost his mind and he does have anger issues Hmm. and he kind of lost his mind. And he was like, I don't have to do that if I don't want to. And I looked at him and I said, you will do it because I'm your parent and I'm telling you to do it. Hmm. Just kind of screamed at me. You're not my mom. Ooh, ouch. And I stopped and I looked at him and I just, I don't know. I think a lot of times God like speaks for me. So what? So horrible things don't come out of my mouth. (laughs) I have a temper. Like there's nothing perfect about me. And I remember being in this moment where I looked at him and I said, Danny, how do you define parent? Oh, a great question. Yeah. I said, how do you define parent? He was like, mom and dad. I said, okay. I was like, so that's not the only definition of a parent. I was like, caregiver is the same definition of a parent. I'm the one giving care to you. I'm the one who's there for you. I am the one who makes sure that you have a place to sleep and you have food to eat and that you are loved and that you learn right from wrong. And then you get to know Jesus and God. And like, it kind of went through all the things that parents do. I was like, I don't have to be your biological mother And Uncle Norman doesn't have to be your biological father to be your parent. But as your parents, because we are, we're the ones choosing to care for you, um, you know, Mm. then obviously that you're going to have to understand that as your parent, we're the ones here. So we're the ones you have to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how wise. Oh, and I could see where God where God gave you those words, because it's not something most people would respond with the way you did. That's just great. It could also have been that I was in public. <laughs> so, 
maybe my other reaction that could have come out behind closed doors didn't. Uh, yeah. uh, most definitely. But, you know, I yeah. think with from Danny's perspective, like, I don't know what it's like to be in that little head of his over yeah. the last, you know, 11, almost 12 years of his life. Um, but obviously he has seen things that no child should probably ever see. And he's been exposed to things no child should probably ever be exposed to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, this is kind of an, this is more of a funny story. Like it's funny. haha. Now it definitely wasn't then, but uh-huh. I remember one time um, asking one of the kids to bring me the kid's vitamin bottle and Danny and they, so they grabbed the kid's vitamin bottle for me out of the cabinet. And this is right after we got custody of Danny. Like he was seven. Um, Mackenzie was five. Jacob would have been almost seven too. And um, I asked them to bring me the vitamin, the kid's vitamin um, bottle. And Danny walked over to it with me opened. Huh. And I was like, it's child, pro- it's child protected. Right. And I was like, yeah. my kids don't know how to open that. I mean, they do now. Right. Yeah. Because they're 10 and older, but like they did not then. And I was like, Whoa, I was like, Danny, how do you know how to open that? Huh. And his response crushed me. He goes, well, my mom taught me because when she needed, when she didn't feel good the next morning, I had to bring her Advil. Oh, wow. So at like five years old, his mother wow. taught him how to open up a pill bottle so that he could bring her, you know, for a hangover mm-hmm. or coming down off of something. Or I don't know what it's like the next morning after for those kind of things, but whatever it is, like she made yeah. the decision to make her life easier and teach him something that a five-year-old, now a seven-year-old showing my five-year-old and my seven-year-old how to do oh, should never have known. That's right. That's right. Wow. What a what an interesting story! Wow how how has how has he changed during his time with you? You know, most kids at that age are going to change, but have you noticed anything in his heart changing? Yeah, so there's two kind of things I would talk about from that perspective. The first is um, I would say that when we got custody of Danny, he was super happy to be with us. I don't think he had put two and two together that it was permanent. And mm. as the honeymoon period though started to Wayne, I, and this permanency became a little bit more permanent though. Keep in mind, even though he's been with us four years, because we don't know what his first five years were like, we may not be the longest that he was ever in a certain, in a single place that we know of, Hmm. but we know he usually almost always landed back at one particular family that took him in when he was younger. Um, and so, you know, but as that honeymoon kind of waned and I think he started focusing in on, wait, this is the reality. And then all of a sudden, Hey, these people have rules and expectations and, you mm-hmm. know, they have tempers as well. And they can be funny at the same time that they can be very demanding. And so I think as he kind of started settling into, this is my reality, he actually regressed hmm. and to the point where we didn't touch him. So he didn't want hugs. He definitely didn't want kisses. And, um, he didn't even want to give you a high five or a pound. And so he kind of regressed and we gave him, we had some like blow ups about that and we just started giving him some space. And then eventually, uh, so we didn't push it. Then eventually I told my husband, I was like, I just, I I go, we can't raise a kid who doesn't know how to respond positively to human touch. Like that's just not a good thing. I was like, his first girlfriend or wife's going to kill us. I was like, this is just not good. And so, you know, we started having to deal so we started having to deal with some certain things that he's come around to, but it's only recently that I remember having a conversation with him. And I just said, Hey Danny, like, you know, how do you express love? And he was like, I say it because he does say, I love you. It it took a while, but he's been saying that for a while now. And I said, I go, you know, the words aren't the only way to express love. I was like, how do you see mommy and daddy express love? Or 
he's too old for mommy and daddy, mom and dad express love. Uh-huh. And he was like, well, he goes, and I was like, he was like, and you guys kiss and you, you like hug. And I was like, yeah, I was like, because there's lots of different ways to show love. They said it sometimes is in your words and it's sometimes in your actions. I was like, and we've given you a ton of space now for a couple of years of not pushing the fact that you don't want to be touched. But the truth is that is how we show love. We say the words too, but we also show it by touch. And it is important. You can accept love in that way as like, so I don't want to push you into something you're not comfortable with, but I want you to start thinking about it. And he kind of surprised me and he said, I don't mind the hugs. Just don't kiss me. (laughs) And so maybe for longer than I had known, he had been okay with the hugs. I said, okay, because when I ask for a hug, I don't want to make this a battle. And he was like, no, that's fine. And so, you know, it kind of just, it was like this honeymoon period. Then he regressed and I feel like he regressed for a while. Definitely, you know, a couple of years it felt like. And then he's kind of coming out of it. Um, So that's kind of like one thing that we've, you know, from that perspective that we uh, excuse me, we kind of watched him kind of come from and kind of come through. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in other ways, it's just, it's amazing to watch him kind of come out of his shell. Mm. It's, yeah, that, what's interesting is when we first got custody of him, he came with, he didn't have a lot, but he came with some stuff. And some of what he had was some like artwork and stuff that he had done and everything. I just remember looking at it and I told my husband, I was like, oh my gosh, I was like this, this drawing, these drawings, right? Not homework, but these drawings and artwork that he had done. I was like, these are really dark. Mm. Like there's nothing positive about those. And so the very first thing that we did when we got custody of him going into second grade, I told Norm, I was like, let's just take a timeout on fall sports and not do fall sports because, because we didn't know what Danny would want to do. And there were some questionables about asthma and we weren't sure. And we didn't want Jacob to do something Danny wasn't doing in the beginning. Yeah. So why don't we just take a pause on sports? So we didn't do fall sports. We didn't do fall baseball or fall soccer. And we put them in, we was like, well, they got to do something. So we put them in the Wednesday night Bible study at our church. That's for first through fifth grade. Um, and it was within the course of that first kind of like probably fall um, semester, that first semester of school that he was also doing the Bible study, I told Norm, I was like, look how much his drawings have changed. Wow. There's, you know, he's got introduced to God and Uh Jesus and he obviously started understanding what a family can look like and how a family can look different. And, you know, so there was some lightness and some joy that would be in his drawings. And the cool thing is about that kid, he is an incredible artist. Uh That is really one of those um, wonderful gifts that God has given him. Yeah. And so I hope that he uses it moving forward. I don't know, but, um, but yeah, but that's just a couple of examples of things that we've kind of experienced. How, how has your family been uh, blessed by him? I know it's challenging, uh, but how, how, how have you and the kids and your husband been blessed by your relationship with Danny? So I don't know if my kids could actually articulate this to you, but I, and I'm pretty sure my husband could definitely say that we see it. Um, He's made us better parents. Really? I, yeah. And I think so in a way that <laughs> better parents in the way that I thought I was great. And then I realized maybe not. And then uh-huh. I had to get better. And I had to learn how to parent children differently. And the truth is, you know, Jacob and Mackenzie, they were both chosen babies. We got pregnant on purpose. We wanted both of them. Uh-huh. Um, I wanted more. My husband was like, I'm done. And then I got another one anyway. <laughs> but um So I think, and you know, they were raised in a very particular way and that there were expectations set for them and boundaries, lots of freedom and flexibility and love, but also, you know, 
boundaries and rules and things like that from, from that perspective. So our kids behaved in a certain way and responded in a certain way. And so it kind of lulled you into thinking you're like the Mac daddy of all parents. You're like, Oh mm-hmm. yeah, my kids do not give me a lot of problems. And the fact they won't stay in their bed at night, we don't have a lot of problems. And then you take someone like Danny Ann and you realize that, yeah, so my parenting style was much more of a because I said so and an authoritarian, right? Not from anything because I was actually this amazing parent. It was just because my kids behaved. When I looked at them sideways, they're like, okay, do not make her mad. And <laughs> uh-huh. Danny has really kind of taken us to that place of understanding that we do have to parent our kids differently. Not like we have to parent each one of them differently, but we have to be open to the fact that our kids are different. And we have to be open to the fact of really paying attention to what they need. And I've done definitely done more research on just how to, particularly because Danny has some anger issues, how to deal with that and how to diffuse that with him and how to help him figure out how to diffuse that. And, um, and we, we say we're sorry so much more than we ever had before because it's almost like having somebody in the family because unfortunately Danny does compare and he does, and he does keep a list, not like like a list list. He's not writing it down, but he's keeping score. Unfortunately we have a child in the family who now keeps score and that's really frustrating. (laughs) Um, But it also keeps us honest in a certain way. And it also helps us recognize that we have to explain things in a way that I just didn't, have to explain to Jacob and Mackenzie because I was mom and I said, maybe I was going to have to do all that stuff when they got older. Danny just brought that into our life a lot sooner. Yeah. So I think from that regards, we're better parents. Um, I don't think everything has obviously been 10, 10 times positive. Like my kids would say, we yell a lot more, but we obviously are working on that. Um, and so I think from that perspective, it's made us better parents. I think it's made us more aware of the world around us. It's definitely made us, um, I, I think our kids are getting this amazing gift of of recognizing what it means to to sacrifice and do what you have to do for family or for someone in need. And I think those are amazing lessons that they're learning. Um, yeah. And I think in the process, you know, obviously the, as a family, we're definitely stronger. But I would be lying if I didn't say there weren't moments where I'm like, uh, what would it be like to just have the four of us? Because he really does push the boundaries and the limits and it's not his fault. Right. Mm -hmm. But he has all these things going on in his mind and in his heart and in his soul that he's trying to figure out. And, you know, and some of those, some of these things are things he's going to have to go on his own journey for as he gets older. Um, So we just, in some ways, just kind of just ride with it. In other ways, you know, we definitely pay attention to how we can be better. Yeah. Where where do you see God involved in, in this whole journey that you're on this fascinating and very loving and sacrificial journey that you're on where do you see, where do you see god involved in your lives with with this particular situation well john no one's dead yet <laughs> so <laughs> that's a big one <laughs> yeah. Like uh-huh. um yeah no I, I would say everywhere um yeah. i mean there's definitely been moments that we have said like why <laughs> why is it happening to us why is this so hard yeah. um but definitely, I mean, in everything, I think that we have had to trust him in ways we probably couldn't understand or couldn't express. Mm. Um, it's forced us to question um, things that we thought we knew and have to go trusting, walking blindly in faith and understanding that when God says he lights the 
he, he uses the lamp to light your feet, to light the, the next few steps in front of you. He's not giving you the whole path lit. And so you have to trust as you take step by step for what the light will show you. Um, mm. I, I think learning to be a little bit more humble has definitely been a good lesson for me. Not one I necessarily wanted to learn, yeah. um, but it's been a really good uh, lesson for me. I think um, that we would not have survived. And I hate to say it like that because I know Danny might could potentially one day listen to this podcast episode and I don't ever want him to think that it was a burden to bring him in, but it was a life change and it was something that we had to adjust to. And we truly don't know how we would have done it if we didn't already have a faith in God. And that, that journey allowed us to come closer to God and to trust God more. We still don't know everything he has in store for us with this. We don't know everything he has in store for Danny, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. But relying on him and knowing that, okay, right? Like this is the situation and apparently you think I can handle it. So show me how to handle it. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think we have lots of conversations like that with God and just, you know, just trusting. Um, And I would say our faith is much, much stronger. Not that it wasn't strong before, but it's definitely much, much stronger than it's ever been. Um, And in a way that I hope that our our kids are seeing and understanding. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's great, Stacey. Um, We're going to have to wrap this up, but uh, I know that you have another life apart from raising Danny and your other two kids. Could you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about your business and what you do and what that's all about? Sure. Absolutely. Thank you. So you can find out more about myself and my business at stacybrownrandall.com and Stacy is spelled with an E, but I teach small business owners and solopreneurs how to generate referrals in their business without ever having to ask for those referrals. So a number of years ago when I was starting my second business after a business failure, starting my second business as a business and productivity coach, I discovered how to generate referrals without asking for them turned it into a five-step process when I kind of reverse engineered it and started teaching it to people. Now, six years later, that's all I'm doing is uh, showing people that you can generate referrals without asking for them. And I've got a program that teaches people how to do that. And I've got a couple other things I do too, how to build sticky client experiences and to set better goals, but really working with small business owners and solopreneurs who want to grow their business, just want a little bit of help and make it a little bit easier to do that. Great. And we'll have all that information in the show notes. Uh, Stacy also wrote a book called Generating Referrals Without Asking, something like that. Yep. Generating uh, Business Referrals uh, Without Asking. Uh, yeah, I just read it. I just finished reading it finally. Oh. And it's, re- it's really a good book. I wish I would have known yeah. about it 20 years ago when I had my <laughs> business. So uh, it's, it's quite interesting. And you've got a really a very creative niche uh, that you've developed. So you know, blessings on that. And by the way, Stacy's book has won all kinds of awards too. She posts information about it on Facebook. And, and um, so um, Stacy, thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, do you have any last words of advice for, for uh, parents that might be thinking about doing what you and what you and Norm have done for Danny? Any advice, suggestions, ideas? Yeah, I think the number one thing is, is first um, pray and pray often and pray without ceasing. Um, we don't always, and we always say we should do that better. Um, and then have a tribe. You're going to need a tribe of people who understand. You're going to need a tribe of people who don't judge. You're going to need a tribe of people who aren't just the, oh, that's so nice you're doing that, but then come alongside you and help you when things get tough and yeah. are there for you. And, you know, think about it with Danny coming along, J- everything that Jacob did now, he had a brother. And so like, hey, you want to have Jacob? 
tonight, you got to take Danny. They're kind of a package deal. So like, you know, our fa- the, the tribe of families that come alongside of us, like they had to come alongside of us truly because it was another yeah. child. Um, yeah. So the tribe is really important and obviously your faith in God. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Well, hey, again, thanks. Thanks so much, Stacy. Blessings on your family and your business. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking later in the future. So thanks Thank again. Man, what an amazing story. You know, several things grabbed me as I as I listened to this uh, interview again. You know, there was the incident where Stacy tells Danny to obey, and he doesn't, and he just says, you're not my mom. I loved her answer. You know, Danny was at the stage now where he could understand a little bit more than he could earlier, that it's uh, important to obey, but, but also why, and who's the one that is asking you to obey. It's someone that God has entrusted with your care. I, I just loved her answer. And then, uh, you know, Stacy's comment about how this uh, journey with Danny has made her and her husband better parents. You know, she said we basically had two easy kids to raise, uh, causing us to think that we were amazing parents. And then along comes a child like Danny, who, in her words, were, who breaks us into a million little pieces. Um, many of us have had that same experience where you you do have an easy child to raise, and then, then another one comes along who's entirely different. And I think God does that uh, out of a sense of humor and also to to humble us and to and to teach us. And in, in Stacy's case, she said that she was broken into a million little pieces so so God could make something new. I just love that phrase that she used. So God could make something new. Not so much in Danny, but in, in her and her view of herself and her parenting skills and her dependence on God. I just love that. Another thing that jumped out on me was uh, once you talked about Danny going to the Wednesday night Bible study and how his artwork, which had been very, very dark up until that time, up until that time, gradually became lighter and that she and her husband saw the power of God to change lives uh, manifested in Danny. What, what an encouragement uh, that that was. Well, in thinking about this story, I'm asking the question, what's in it for us as listeners to Stacy's story? Um, here's, what I'm taking, here's what I'm taking away from this interview that benefited me and hopefully benefits you too. What, what Stacy and her husband are doing is an expression of a transcendent relationship with God that manifests itself in their relationship with their nephew and now their son. It's the T in You Were Made For This, T-H-I-S, that we talked about in the last two episodes, episodes 32 and 33, and I'll have links to those in the show notes. You know, Stacy and her husband extended themselves far beyond what is normal, beyond what is comfortable. Now, the decision to, to take Danny in was made quickly because it was rooted in their values of what it means to be a family and what it means to care for another person who cannot care for himself. The, the what to do uh, came quickly. The how do we do this, uh, they're figuring out as they go. You know, when our, when our values are deeply rooted in our relationship with God, the question is often more like, how can we not do this? 
And that certainly was the case with uh, Stacy and her husband as they uh, ministered to their nephew because no one else was able to. She said, we were called to do this. She said, others were not. And she gave an example of her mother-in-law. You know, the needs of another family transcended their own. They, They just had to do this. He's our blood, he's our family, Stacy said. You know, it's an example of the, the transcendent love for God and one's extended family that, uh, that this story depicts. There was also the transcendent relationship between God and Danny. You know, that Wednesday night Bible study that brought light into his dark world, uh, his dark artwork, is something that transcends that which is just not normal. But for those that love Jesus and love God, it's entirely normal. It's transcendent. Another thing I've benefited uh, from in Stacy's story is seeing the selflessness of her and her husband's relationship with Danny. It's the S in you were made for this. T-H-I-S. Selfless service. You know, one thing she didn't mention, uh, did not mention, is the financial cost. Uh, but it's certainly real when you increase your family by by a third, if my math is right, maybe not. But adding a kid, adding another child is expensive over the course of, a, of that child's uh, rearing. But they were willing to do that, to pay that cost. Another example of the selfless selflessness, selfless services, is just opening up your heart to another child that you did not bring into the world someone that was someone else's responsibility, and then seeing your heart broken for him. Oh, that bottle cap story, man, that just gripped my heart where uh, she asked him, asked Danny to bring a bottle bottle with vitamins, and he, as a seven-year-old, knew how to open up the childproof cap because his mother uh, had him do that when she was hung over or drugged up or who knows what. You know, no child should have to learn how to do that and to care for a parent when it's the parent's job to care for you as a child at that age. You know, if, if people like Stacy and her husband can live like this, so committed to the family of, uh, of God and obeying God and the, committed to the value of family, may, maybe I should too. Uh, perhaps I need to be a little more selfless in my relationships, not necessarily like Stacy and Norm, but with other people that God puts in my life. Well, before I close, here's the main takeaway from today's episode, our show in a sentence. When we work to help others become all they were meant to be, It makes us become all we were meant to be. We were made for this. Well, what can we do in response to today's show? A couple of things come to mind. One is, is there a relationship issue in your life that is breaking you right now? Maybe look to see if God is using it to create something new in your life, like he did with Stacy. Another thing we can do uh, comes from a comment that Stacy made near the end of the interview. She said, 
you need a tribe to do this, raising someone else's child. You need a tribe to do this. You need people to come alongside of you through something like this, not to judge, but to help. And that raises the question, is there a tribe that God might be calling you to join to walk alongside someone, not to judge, but to help carry the load of another? Hmm. Well, now for our relationship quote of the week. You know, before I recorded the interview, I asked uh, Stacy if confidentiality was an issue for her and Danny. And she said it wasn't because she's been public about their story in other places. And then in the interview itself, she alluded to the fact that, that Danny may one day listen to this podcast. So with that in mind, uh, I, I want to close with a blessing for Danny and others like us who have had a rough start in life. Danny, may the difficulties of your earliest days make you a stronger person, characterized by gratitude, forgiveness, and compassion. Gratitude to God for seeing you and rescuing you from darkness and providing you parents who love you more than you can ever imagine. Forgiveness for the people who brought you into the world whose unwise choices harmed you. And compassion for others who are hurting from the holes in their hearts, just as there is a hole in yours. May you follow the example of your parents as you bless others, just as your parents have blessed you. And may you use your story to strengthen and encourage others as you glorify God in reflecting his image to the people he brings into your life. As we close, I want to thank you for joining us today in this faith community of people who care about transforming their relationships into the best they can be, who care about showing the world the character of Jesus through our relationships. I'm so glad you're one of us. You can help us spread the word about what we are doing by leaving a review in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're at it, please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any episode when they come out each week. Above all, always remember what you were made for. You were made for this. Relationships that T transcend our natural inclination to focus on self that instead give people a picture of what God is like, that H honors others as we bring out the best in people, where we I initiate by reaching out beyond ourselves, and where we S selflessly serve others. We were made for this. Well, that's all for today. I'll see you next week. Goodbye for now.